1: Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be.
4: College sports and golf have something in common for me. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. I'm not going to do, Aaron, I'm not going to do Doug's bit on uh, on golf and adult movies. Uh, John, you've heard that one before, haven't you? You've heard that um, most definitely. Yeah, I will not I will not do that. I will let that uh, I will let Doug just have sole control over that. However, the reason that I compare golf and college sports. Actually, while I have John Ramos here for a second, I want the listener to know that in 90 minutes or so, you have an opportunity as a listener to have a question that you've always wondered about sports, about the game of baseball, maybe the game of life. John Ramos, Coach Ramos, will be here to answer your question. So that's in 90 minutes, Coach. Are you ready? Are you ready to uh to field the questions not only from the staff here at Fox Sports
3: Radio, but also around the world? Like I told you in the pregame meeting that we had, I just said Dan, Aaron, Jason. Ask the coach. 90 minutes from now,
4: ask the coach, and you can ask the coach as well here on Fox Sports Radio. This is like, by the way,
5: for for listeners, and I, I encourage you to listen right up until Ask Coach Ramos, which I know that's not what we're calling it, but he is Coach Ramos. This would be like a young basketball coach having a question about the triangle offense and bumping into Phil Jackson uh, I don't know, at a campground? I don't know. Where would you bump into to Phil Jackson? I was going to say like at a coach's clinic, but I feel like it'd be more likely he's like uh, camping out in Montana in the middle of the woods or something. But th- that that the point I'm trying to make, if you're a young baseball coach that needs answers, this is that equivalent.
4: Ask the coach 90 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. The reason I use golf and college sports in, in this scenario, you know I'm a big golf fan, love the sport, love to play it. But I think that in, within the game of golf, there are a lot of different things that golf fans love and love more than others. For me, there's something about, I mean, obviously playing the game is great, but there's something about the courses and how courses are made and why this bunker was put here and why is this like that is intriguing to me. What isn't as intriguing to me is what's your launch angle? what kind of shaft do you have in that club how many wedges do you carry like those are those are all conversations that you have in golf um, but maybe it's not one that I'm I'm not necessarily interested in I know people who love the PGA tour and don't care about courses or care about equipment like there are a lot of different things you could love about golf but there are like subsections that some are more enjoyable than others and for me Aaron when it comes to college sports, When we talk about the realignment of conferences and who's going to go where, that's all fun. But what else is fun to me is to try to figure out the changes that we could see specifically when it comes to what is the setup, what is college football going to look like. To me, it's not about budgets. It's not about TV markets. Unfortunately for me, I'm not like, or if somebody loves this, I don't care as much about the Olympic sports. It's not like, where is this going to be a home? That does not drive my interest. I know what plays into the conversations of when schools are moving, but if I were to really get down to it, what gets me interested in this or in college sports and the realignment is this, Aaron, it's all right. How does the sec now set up their sec championship and how do they determine a winner? How does the big 10 do it? If they grow, how can they continue to do it? And this is a question that has not been answered. It was thrown out about a year ago when Texas and Oklahoma joined the, the SEC. We had heard the plan, and I'm using the air quotes, four 14 pods. That's that SEC? Yes, that's the, what yeah. was going to be. That's how they were going to move forward. And then you're, you said to yourself, well, all right, if you have four, 14 pods – how do you how do you determine who's playing in the SEC championship game if you have four different pod winners? Champions, yeah, and and I think that there's questions about that in the Big Ten now. If you're the Big Ten and you are looking to add Notre Dame, guess what? Now you've got 17 schools. Yes. So now you've got to figure out a way. You you add another one, you know, for a while they went with 11 with Penn state, but how do you break this out? All of that stuff is what is intriguing to me. And now with the college football playoff, where it is, we aren't going to see expansion uh, until the 25, uh, 2025 season, which would be January of 2026 when the college football playoff would take place. UCLA and USC will have two seasons in the big 10 without having the college football playoff expanded. So now you're a 16-school league, likely moving the Pac-12 out of the equation uh, as a possible contender if they get pillaged by the Big 12. So you would have the four conferences in finding a spot. But how do you determine it now when you have 16 schools? How do you determine who is going to represent you? And that is what drives me. And that is what I find now so intriguing is – Yeah, the team name, the 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 school names are going to be changed. But how does now determining a champion and the college football playoff and conference championship games? How does that all play out?
5: Well, and I don't think I don't even think Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Big uh, the SEC, and I certainly don't think Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, even has answers to those questions at this specific time. Now they're going to get answered. But I I think there's what what last week did was it opened up like the huge thirty thousand foot view questions about college football. Are we headed towards two super conferences, which it appears as though it'll be? If Notre Dame joins, who would join with them? Uh, If Notre Dame joins, where does it stop? If Notre Dame stays independent, does that stop the carousel for right now? But then there's those, also those other ones, what you're talking about. How does the SEC determine a champion? How does the Big Ten determine a champion? Then I think you go even beyond that. Like you said, for at least two years, this playoff is going to be four teams. So here's my question now, Dan. Let's say the Pac-12 somehow stays together, and I don't think it's going to. Is Oregon now the equivalent of Cincinnati for like are we talking about mm, yeah. the the you know the SEC has clinched their two spots Georgia and Alabama each with one loss Ohio State wins the Big 10 and now it becomes like an undefeated Oregon versus a two-loss Michigan or a two-loss Penn State like so there's that element of it but then to even get to that point it's exactly what you just said there are 16 teams and only one team is going to be crowned a champion and at least for two years in a current uh, uh, 14 playoff structure you're probably only going we're, we're gonna let me let me backtrack we are going to have super conferences uh I- at least in the pac-12 in 2024 there will be 16 teams there including usc and ucla there's only going to be one champion and there's probably only going to be one spot in what will then still be a 14 playoff a lot of people aren't even considering things like that because of the big granular stuff that happened last
4: week i think to answer the first part of your question and I know Oregon Duck fans would not want to hear this, I think that they would actually be less than Cincinnati in this case. And and the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because I felt Cincinnati was closer to the Big 12 and the Pac-12 when they were a member of the American Athletic Conference, whereas if the Oregon Ducks stay in the Pac-12 – And the Pac 12, if they end up surviving, I think that the gap between what the Big Ten and the SEC now are, are bigger than what you had previously. Like you could make an argument, maybe it wasn't as strong of an argument, but you could make an argument that maybe, you know, the American uh, Football Conference could be challenging the Pac 12 in terms of relevance and how strong they were. So the, the gap that was there wasn't the Grand Canyon. But I think now with the addition of USC and UCLA and then the addition of Texas and Oklahoma when they end up making the switch, the gap of those two leagues to whoever is third and then whoever is fourth to me is much greater than it was before. So I almost think that that scenario, you, you talk about power five and group of five, like that group of whatever it's going to be, is much further away than the Power 2 is, or even the Power 3 if the ACC continues to stay together.
5: Yeah, and I just think it goes back to the conversation we had in hour one. People can go back and download the podcast of these brands that we think of as so big right now. What are we going to think of them in two or three years? Again, uh, maybe the ACC, if they are able to stay together, it's not quite as bad with Clemson. Miami is on the rise with Mario Cristobal. Florida State, we'll see what happens with them. Maybe it's not quite as bad in the ACC, but you look at you know if Oklahoma State goes undefeated, or if Cincinnati—I mean, Cincinnati's going to the Big Twelve in a couple of years. They could very well go undefeated. Are we going to look at uh, an undefeated Cincinnati in the Big Twelve, or an undefeated Oregon in the Pac-12, and really have those same arguments of well, you know, I mean, come on, now a three-loss SEC team could beat the Pac-12, and I—I I think we will probably be there. Now, I do think uh, by 2025, there will be some sort of expansion to the postseason. Now, I don't know if it includes anyone other than the Big Ten in the SEC at that point, but uh, I, I just bring it up because, like you said, for at least one year, 2024, USC and UCLA are going to be part of a 16-team Big Ten. The Pac-12 will have neither. Uh, that will be the final year of Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12, I believe, and we're
4: still going to have a 14 playoff at you that You know point. what I would love to see? What's that laid on? The me. Big Ten and the SEC have a conference tournament in football.
5: Like, do you mean like a early season like like Big Ten uh, SEC challenge, or do you do you just mean a, a tournament at the end of the year to determine a champion between the two of them?
4: I think it's a tournament within each league, where if you were to take the four pod winners, I'm gonna just use pods. I don't love that term, but the four pod winners that you would have in the SEC and have in the Big Ten you could have one heck of a tournament. Now, you're adding two more games to someone, but you could also, Aaron, in a way, make that semifinal weekend a a way where other schools that didn't make your final four of your conference tournament, they could be playing off for bowl game matchups. You could say, all right, Minnesota, you're taking on Michigan State. Winner gets to play in the Las Vegas Bowl. Like there's there's something like there's something to that. And that's 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 very minor because it's adding value to something less. But what you could have is in the SEC, you could have say Oklahoma. Win their pod that had Texas A&M and Missouri and Texas in it. So you'd have Oklahoma winning their pod. Maybe you have LSU winning their pod. You have Alabama winning their pod. And you have Georgia winning their pod. And then you take a four-team tournament and you make those teams play in an SEC. So you'd have Oklahoma against Georgia in one semifinal. Alabama against LSU in another. And then you end up having – that's how you determine your conference champion. It may not be great to have your teams play these extra games, but those matchups would be so appealing. Of of you could have you could have semifinals of Ohio State against Michigan in the Big Ten and USC against uh, a Wisconsin or an Iowa. I'd say Nebraska, but let's not be ridiculous. We ah. know Nebraska is not going to win. Uh, like you could have that in a semifinal if Notre Dame ends up making it like they're, they're to the Big Ten. That is what I would like to see. I don't know how feasible it would be. But you're adding more value to your conference and what would be – I mean, who who wouldn't want to air the Big Ten semifinals or the Big Ten finals in college football? You get a win and you're in a 12-team bracket, now you win your conference, automatic buy in the college football playoff. Like those are the things that you could add value to, and that's what I'm curious to see how it plays out.
5: Dumb question how many How many games are these teams playing under your scenario? It feels like it's like basketball. It's like a never ending postseason. You got to play the eight team tournament to get into the other eight team tournament. You well, know
4: I mean? yeah, it, you could still keep it at nine conference games sure. if you were, and then you could add, you know, like you could have that flexible week at the end where teams would play in that extra week, and you would have the postseason tournament. Just add, it would end up adding two extra games. Or one extra game for two teams because they would be the winners to move on. That's all it would be. Yeah. Okay. So there, so there would be a. So you really, you would be adding games, which I think that you would have to do anyway if you were. You would just take it from your non-conference. Maybe you play ten conference games and two non-conference games, but you wouldn't be adding as much on the schedule. The only, the only thing that you would be doing is maybe possibly adding a loss to a good team. However, if you were to survive that four team conference playoff and beat the best of the best i think you'd have a really good argument to say that you were one of the top teams to be placed in the college football playoff bracket
5: yeah i just think it, it's gonna be really interesting going forward and again you know i, I hate to to talk in hi- hypotheticals here but uh you know where this all ends up because I, I you know i've seen people say it and i do think it's a possibility is that if there is further expansion and again we talked about 20 24 i don't think it's going to be more than that but at that point, does the SEC, as you said, just kind of play its own tournament? The Big Ten play its own tournament, and then maybe have uh, its champions play each other, as opposed to even having a college football playoff as we know it. Sure. Again, it just goes to what we're talking, what we've talked about throughout the show, is that uh, any talk of of three, four, five, you know, the, the quote unquote power five, it died. It died last Thursday. It's never coming back. And now the question is, um, you know, does it end with with three conferences, or more likely, does it end with the Big Ten and the? sec gobbling up whoever else they want going forward
4: get aaron torres on twitter at aaron underscore torres you can find me dan Byer on twitter at dan Byer on fox check out the latest lines of the world of sports at bet river Sportsbook. bet rivers is the trust and name in online sports betting must be 21 must be present in colorado illinois indiana and pennsylvania to play a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER we talked to the guy who broke the news that the big 12 may have their eye on a few Pac 12 teams we'll talk to him next year on fox sports radio
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks. Remember, you can book today and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com.
2: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game.
6: Doug
4: Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. I'm excited for our next guest to join us uh, when he comes on. Dennis Dodd, covering college football, has for a long, long time reported earlier today that the Big 12 was deep into talks and trying to expand and adding at least uh, four schools from the Pac-12. I'm, I'm excited about it, Aaron, because sometimes when you have guests on, you're asking questions that you feel that you know the answer to. It's almost like a courtroom lawyer sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. the, there are going to be a lot of questions, maybe all of them for me, that I don't have the answers to. That I'm wondering, and just and and those are the those are the most fun interviews to do because you learn so much because you're coming from a place where. You just don't know what's going on.
5: Well, and I'll tell you, you know, my stance, you know, when I host my show on Saturdays is, if if a guest isn't going to bring something that me and my co-host can't, uh, then generally I just don't want it. If they're not going to add any perspective, Dennis definitely, I know we'll have him here momentarily. He is going to add some perspective that you and I simply do not have at this point in.
4: It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron Torres on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. A lot to get to, and again, if you want to hit us up on Twitter for your ask the coach questions for John Ramos, you have now just over 60 minutes to do so. Dennis Dodd, national college football writer for CBS Sports, friend of the show, joins us uh, here again on Fox Sports Radio. No Doug today, Dennis, so you've got Aaron and I, but we appreciate the time. We know it's crazy. How you doing?
7: I am great, a little bit worn, but it's only just beginning,
4: guys. Yeah, yeah. You had the report, and I, I just told Aaron, and you weren't privy to hear it because we were getting you on the line. I there are so many questions that I have that I just I don't know the answer to, and I and I'm curious on what you know about this. So let's get into your report. You say deep discussions, is that something is imminent, or is that maybe Arizona and Arizona State are interested in leaving the Big 12? How would you characterize the deep discussions going on between the Big 12 and some of those Pac-12 schools?
7: I think it it, um, it means that the Big 12 is realizing it can't stand still. And that was exacerbated this morning when, literally minutes after I filed my story, that the big 12 said it was going to market. So that ought to tell you something about the urgency that they feel in keeping together. Um, what I was told was, you know, was in the story, everything's on the table as far as the, the big 12, four, six with Oregon and Washington, a full on merger, if they can do it. Um, I, I don't know if there's a lot of value there in terms of uh, pro rad unequal equal value for all those schools, but uh, that's where it is right now.
5: So Dennis, um, you know, the Pac-12 obviously released their own statement saying that, uh, you know, whatever, basically that they're, they're, they're now going to market as well for a TV contract. I told Dan – tell me if I'm wrong here – it feels like kind of a chicken and the egg thing. The Pac-12 is trying to get a TV contract done to lock everything in, but it feels like – the to, to to solidify themselves. But it also feels like a TV network is going to say, well, who exactly are we buying inventory for? Was that just yeah. a, a – go ahead, Dan, uh, Dennis. I don't mean to cut yeah. you off.
7: No, I <laughs> – Minutes after that, I had a Pac-12 person tell me, how do you go to market when you don't know what school is going to be in the league? Mm -hmm. And that's, to me, putting it squarely in the laps of the rights holders. You know, you tell us what makes sense for you. Um, Because if you don't believe ESPN orchestrated Texas, Oklahoma, or Fox orchestrated this, USC and UCLA, you're a little bit naive to how this works. So I suspect that that's the way it's going to go. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Pac-12 can go forward with the ten that they are putting out there. Is that a sign to teams in the Big 12? Hey, come and be with us. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's really weird.
4: Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's here in Torres. I'm Dan Byer, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb. That was actually something that we talked off. Uh, you know, talked about off the top. If the roles were reversed, if there wasn't a full-on merge. Who would the Pac-12 want to take from the Big 12? Would it be in Oklahoma State, some of the Texas schools? Would Kansas be involved? Where would the Pac-12 look to go if they wanted to poach some from the Big 12?
7: Yeah, I suppose they'd want to be in Texas and in the central time zone um, to open up some windows for games. But, you know, guys, they had this chance. They had this chance last year when – they had this chance 10 years ago when Larry Scott, you know, didn't put a knife into the heart of the Big 12. That thing fell apart about 30 minutes before it was supposed to be compensated for half the Big 12. And then last year after Texas-Oklahoma, there, there was a portion there for about two weeks after that shocked the world. We were talking about the same thing, except the Big 12. We didn't know if the Big 12 was going to be a conference. Well, they, re, you know, reconnoitered. They got teams right away, and now they're, you know, together for now. So that's something that has to be thought about. Who has the leverage here? And I'm still not sure of that. I talked to a person this morning who said he'd get a slight lean to the Big 12 in term, terms of being able to lure teams, but that was no sure thing. Um, you know, I I don't know why any of those Big 12 teams right now would want to go to the Pac-12 in the shape it's in with a donut hole, nothing in its center, the two flagship teams gone whereas at least the Big 12 has something. They know what they've got with those 12. Um, But what do they do beyond that is the question.
5: So, Dennis, let me ask you, obviously the big conversation on a national scale, I mean, obviously your your column is the big national conversation right now, but obviously the other big story is the future of Notre Dame. Do you get any sense if Notre Dame is seriously considering leaving independence and going to a conference, which we assume is the Big Ten?
7: Oh, I think they seriously consider it. But there is a monster leap from considering it to doing it. You have to understand, they've left tons of money on the table. This going back a century, this uh, little mating dance with the Big Ten. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised either way if they turn it down and leave money on the table again. This is generational, you know, money that we're talking about—80 to 100 million dollars a year that they'd be valued at in the Big Ten. But I wouldn't be surprised if they turn it down. They, they've done it before. Maybe not this much, but they value the independence. They value the ability to schedule whoever they want. They value keeping every dime that comes in the door. And is it as much as those Big Ten schools are going to have? No, probably not at all. Uh, the uh, NBC contract, the last public thing I saw on it, and I don't know if it's backloaded or not, was fifteen million dollars a year. Well, that's that's a pittance compared to everybody else. That's probably gone up because all these deals are backloaded, but. I think it comes down to a philosophical question, once again, for Notre Dame. The money's the money, but the, do we want to be this national, actually global world leader in the, in the Catholic faith and football?
4: Dennis Dodd joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, National College football writer for CBS Sports. I've been surprised by Oregon and Washington's position because I thought it was bigger than than maybe it was. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are those two schools maybe being left out or on the outside looking in on all these talks?
7: They don't bring nearly the value to the Big Ten. So I would say, if there are any absolutes in all this, and y- usually there aren't, I would say forget Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten because they don't just they just don't bring the annual AAV annual average value to the contract, which is, again is eighty to one hundred million. As much as Phil Knight has put into Oregon. Uh, It isn't. It's a brand. It's not a market. Uh, Washington's a market, but eh, not not a brand. I don't know. I mean, they have won a a national championship. The question I can't get answered is, if you're the Big 12, why don't you go there first? Because they seem to be the two strongest programs to me. Is it a case of uh, geography? That seems to be out the window with everybody now. Is it a case of what I'm telling you that they were caught in in a story I wrote over the weekend? They were called tweeners in the Pac-12, not definitely not USC and UCLA, but a little bit above Stanford and Arizona. You know, is that the reason? And I don't know the answer to that. That one puzzles me.
4: Uh, on a follow up with that, and I I don't want you to have to go through every Pac-12 team, yeah. but Cal and Stanford. Our two schools. Like you look at there, you're like, hey, Bay Area TV market. If like, yeah. are are is it just one, or is it both for the Big Ten? Could both be in play, or one be in play? We know Cal and UCLA kind of tied with the California system, but you have Stanford and, you know, maybe the Notre Dame angle. What about what about the two Bay Area schools in the Pac-12?
7: Yeah, God, God bless those two schools, but I don't think either one of them deliver the Bay Area market. I mean, the, the Raiders being in Las Vegas deliver the Bay Area market before they do. Sure. So, I mean, that's just that's just my thought. Um, I think Stanford could be used by the Big Ten, maybe. This is just conjecture, as a uh, a way to entice Notre Dame to get to the Big Ten. In other words, hey, here here's an academic fit that you know makes this easier to stomach. And if you do that, in your conference in the Big Ten, you're playing five. Traditional rivals that you've played for about 60 years each, at least. You know, USC, Stanford, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue. Now, you wouldn't play them every year, but neither does Notre Dame, but they play them all the time. So that might be a thing.
5: So, Dennis, I know this is kind of putting the cart before the horse here because we don't know what's next, what it's all going to look like. Do we have any idea what a a postseason, I don't even want to call it a playoff because it it might just be the Big Ten versus the SEC here in a few years, but do we have any idea what a postseason could potentially look like four or five years down the road?
7: Yeah, no. Um, I think with this move Thursday, it just throws everything up in the air. I don't know what it's going to look like. when, If they choose, and they probably will, the Big Ten and SEC will call the shots on how that looks. Um, Remember, the Big Ten voted against this. Because they wanted their their conference champion, whoever it was, to be automatically grandfathered into the uh, into the playoff, into the top six, um, and it really didn't make sense because the Big Ten champion is going to be in the playoff every year, 99 years out of 100. Um, you know, especially now with all conferences going to one division and matching their two best teams, that makes it impossible, for instance, for you know, an 8-4 and four Northwestern to upset an 11-1 and one, uh, Ohio State. That can't happen anymore. You're not going to have those two teams meet in a playoff under this new, this new thing. But, you know, the alliance has gone away. Forget about what the alliance ever was. I'm not sure what it was. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be shaped in a different way. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 12. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 4. It has been stated many times in 2026 there is no playoff. There's no partners, there's no venues, there's nothing. Uh, Mark Keenum, the head of the Board of Managers president at uh, Mississippi State, has said something will be done by next summer. Let's look at that now. Mark Keenum, who's the chairman of the Board of Managers for the CFP, is a SEC president. Greg Sankey, who's probably got the most powerful conference in the country, Uh, is the SEC commissioner. You know, I'm I'm missing a little diversity here in terms of decisions.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dennis Dodd joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Got so many topics to hit on. Aaron and I talked about this earlier. Do you think, did Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, know about USC and UCLA's interest when these talks kind of broke down in the spring? And could that have played a role on why the expansion wasn't completed at that time?
7: I don't know if they broke down. I, I reported in early May that – I didn't report it, Kevin Warren said it. That they expected to have a new TV deal by Memorial Day or thereabouts. Um, that didn't come about, I suspect, because this was going on. Um, did it be – you know it either escalated from a possibility to a probability, or they were still doing the negotiations. But – If you've got a possibility of these two coming in, you put it off as long as you can. So I think now you're probably going to see uh, this announced in conjunction with the Big Ten media days later this month. Because I I, I don't think, unless Notre Dame does something, uh, I think this is limited now to the Big 12 and Pac-12. And then they just they figure out what they're going to do, and everything else stays in place.
4: All right, final one for Dennis Dodd. Uh, can the, with that being said, can the ACC breathe a little easier, or are they still walking on eggshells?
7: Yeah, I think they can. Um, I talked to a person today who said if things flesh out right now, uh, ACC is going to have the third biggest contract. It's not going to be the Big 12. It's not going to be the, the Pac-12, because you know they're both diminished from what they were. The ACC now has this deal through 2036. It has Notre Dame as a partner, um, that adds value to it. So if everybody wants to talk about super conferences, you know, and what football looks like in the future. I think it's going to be those 32 at the top, and then you know fill in the blanks to about 50 or 80 schools, and there's there's college football, um, you know, in terms of what it's going to be. I don't think that would include the ACC. That would probably include. Um, the Big Twelve uh, and whatever the, the Pac-12 becomes. That's so, if I, if I were, you know, a Group of Five team, I'd be nervous right
4: now. Yeah, I was. I was Aaron and I were talking earlier. It's crazy that Oregon well, and Washington don't matter.
5: Well, that was you what know? I told Dan. I said, "Is the next big playoff debate with the way things are going? Is it going to be when we're in a fourteen playoff, the second Big Ten team versus <laughs> an undefeated Oregon yeah. team? That's what it feels like we're going to be in twenty twenty four. So." Oh, man.
7: Crazy,
4: crazy. Dennis, we appreciate the time. You know, it's busy. And uh, great work on this as well. And, uh, you know, we we always go to the source, and we appreciate it. So thanks so much. All
7: right. Appreciate it, guys.
4: Thanks. Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBS Sports. Get him on Twitter, at Dennis Dodd, CBS. Something happened in Chicago last night that has never happened in the history of Major League Baseball. It's time for... That's baseball... With no outs, men on first and second of the seventh inning, A.J. Pollock gets a ball to the wall in center, and Byron Buxton makes a nice catch. With the runner's not taking up. Third baseman Gio Urshela caught Buxton's throw, ended up taking both runners out for a triple play. How do you explain there being the first 8-5 triple play in the history of Major League Baseball, Aaron? That's baseball.
6: That's baseball.
4: Well, let me tell you,
5: Dan. Few things are more exciting in baseball than an inside-the-park home run. With the game tied 1-1 last night against Milwaukee, Cubs outfielder Saya Suzuki faced all-star closer Josh Hader and hit the ball with an exit velocity of 110 miles an hour to the center field wall. Nothing like a good exit velocity conversation. The ball hit the wall, caromed away from the center fielder. Suzuki raced around the bases and beat the throw to home. How do you explain an inside-the-park home run against one of the nastiest pitchers in the game? Well,
4: Dan...
6: That's baseball. That's baseball.
4: And finally, how do you explain being one strike away from staying uh, perfect (laughs) in your Major League Baseball survivor pool only to have the batter walk and then have another two-strike count on a guy going yard with two outs in the top of the ninth to essentially ruin your perfect survivor record? It's what happened to me with the Nats and Marlins on Sunday. That's baseball.
6: That's baseball.
4: He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Today's Doug Gottlieb show brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Coming up next, you would not believe what Chris Broussard said about Kyrie Irving and the Lakers. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or,
3: shoot that, shoot that!
4: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byers sitting in for Doug today. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trust name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Doug's not here, but let's hear something great from Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio in a segment we like to call... And now... <laughs> Chris Broussard earlier today on First Things First on Fox Sports 1 talking about Kyrie Irving and the Los Angeles Lakers.
8: You mentioned Genie Buss' tweet. I agree. When I read her tweet, it's just, honestly, he was the greatest Lakers. She's tributing Kobe. She's talking about team, 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 team. It makes me wonder, Nick, and this is speculation, is LeBron the only one in the organization that wants Kyrie? That's very possible. You mentioned Phil Jackson. Maybe people, other people in the front office are saying, look, Kyrie is a wrecking ball. He will leave us in shambles, okay? You can't count on him. Look, I agree with you. They should try to get this done, no doubt about it. But I do wonder if LeBron is going solo and pushing for this. Now, I know Darvin Ham. I have known him since he was a player. He's mm-hmm. strong enough to handle Kyrie, and I know he feels like he can handle Kyrie. But you don't know that. I mean, Kyrie goes by the beat of his own drum. I think it's going to get done, but... I think that that could be something holding it up. And, and to be quite honest, you guys know how I feel about the Nets. The Nets should be the one pulling back. We'll determine how this trade goes down, or we don't have to trade Kyrie. I think the Lakers are desperate, and they're going to try to get it done. I think Wilds ultimately probably will get done. But if I were the Nets, side, step back.
4: The, I don't even look at it as much of a Kyrie Irving Lakers thing from the Lakers, and I know Chris is pretty passionate about it. It almost seems to me that the Lakers, even though you're adding Kyrie Irving, are getting that get-out-of-jail-free card with Russell Westbrook. Sure. And that is almost where I where Kyrie could show up for 20 games, but at least Westbrook's not here for 60 games or 70 games or having to deal with that. through. I, it's almost as if the Lakers are saying, and maybe it's just LeBron saying, but they're saying – we would rather deal with Kyrie not maybe showing up as opposed to knowing that Russell Westbrook is showing up.
5: I think that's pretty fair analysis, and it is, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of elements to it. But I do think that that seeing everything yesterday, you just it, it's crazy how quickly things went sour with Russell Westbrook that you're trading for who Kyrie is, everything like that. So I tend to agree with Chris. I still think the tweet itself was bizarre, but what a wild, weird story.
4: I, I also think this. I don't think Kobe was always team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I I think that's a little revisionist history. I think early on in the career, maybe it wasn't all about team. Didn't he want to for the Clippers? Yeah. Uh, make that there up. was there was that portion as well. So yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's exactly how things played out. But again, as you and I were talking about earlier, I don't think there's a lot of people around Jeannie Buss that she can truly, mm-hmm. truly trust. And Kobe Bryant was one of those guys, and that's why she misses him and sent that tweet. Ah!
2: What's up,
3: and
4: it's going to get done. And I told you this weekend, I don't like it when other teams help out other teams, even though it may help their own franchise. Like, I don't want the Lakers to get that free pass, but I think that's what we're getting here with uh, Kyrie. The Lakers being able to get rid of Russell Westbrook, even if it means adding Kyrie Irving.
5: All I would say is, as I told you the other day, I don't, I've don't. i I've followed this sport. When one team trades a problem for another, rarely does it work out. Look at the Nets and Sixers last year.
4: Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com
3: or in stores. When will Brittany Griner come back to the U.S.? 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels. Bridgestone Arena Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com.
7: Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for best documentary feature. We're gonna get into that with some amazing panelists.
6: You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human.
0: This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. Thank you.
1: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed a hundred thousand miles